Blog Talk Radio. It's time for the Hadit.com Radio Show. Hadit.com Radio is an in-depth look at all things VA. If you need help with the VA, log on to Hadit.com. Now, here's your host, Gerald Cook. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. On this 8th day of uh, November 2018, my land's uh, Christmas will be here before you know it. But anyway, we're here today with our uh, co-hosts, Jay Basser. And uh, today our guest speaker is Elizabeth Turner. She's an attorney uh, at law here, and actually in Joplin, Missouri. And uh, they do veterans' law. Uh, Elizabeth, are you in there tonight? I think she is. Trying to get in there. <laughs> uh, I see her on the board here, but yeah. Hello. Oh, there, she, there you are. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing Apparently tonight, I, I was Elizabeth? muted. I'm, I'm doing oh, good. How are you? Doing great. Uh, we're here with uh, John Stacy, our co-host. And uh, my lands, I see you've been busy. You added <laughs> another office. Uh, uh, where was that? Down south there, wasn't it? Well, I have... Uh... One in Cassville, one in Neosho, and one in Nevada and, and Joplin. Yeah, it was one in Cassville, I think you just uh, put in. So. Yeah, it's been crazy, busy. Oh, you've which been is busy. Good. That, that is good. So. Uh, I can't remember the last time I talked with you guys. I think it's been a couple months. It has been a couple of months. We, my lands, we stayed pretty booked up. Uh, we was wanting to get you back on before now, <laughs> but we just couldn't get it pulled off. But uh, they said you had a big trial here the last two or three weeks. So, uh, I I did. It was a murder case, and it's taken up a lot of my time. So. I'm bad to the dead. That's that's an important case for sure. Yes. So, how are you doing with veterans? Uh, are, is your crew getting together there and uh, getting where they can all uh, work with veterans? They are. I'm pretty excited because I have two other attorneys in my office that are VA certified now. Uh And uh, I am training my staff on the process for the VA and how they can help us whenever we're in court or in trials or whatever to help the clients. Uh And we still have veterans coming in and calling and us getting them started on whichever whichever part of the process that they're in, helping them out, which is great. That is great. I'm glad to hear it. 
Uh, we need more more attorneys uh, like you guys, like like what you're putting together here. It's uh, and uh, in this area, you know, uh, we just need more attorneys to to help the veterans, uh, especially if they're educated in BA law. Uh, so many attorneys are not, and it's a different different type of animal. <laughs> it really is, and it it changes all the time. So you have to stay informed on. You know those little changes and the different different ways that they're trying to evolve the VA and your benefits. So. Well, what we have found over the years, every time the veterans start winding up on certain items in the claims process and and getting service connected, uh, for one reason or another, uh, their verbiage seems to be changing. <laughs> mm-hmm. And what worked yesterday don't work today. And that uh, is absolutely true. That is so true. And unless you're doing it every day, it's hard to keep up with all that stuff. And uh, But that's just some of the things that we've noticed over the years. Uh, uh, but uh, I don't know, maybe someday it'll get squared away. Uh, I got my fingers crossed. I doubt it, because <laughs> it, it's the government, and, <laughs> you know, so I think it's probably going to be like this forever, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, let's see, did you, did you, you, you have it to where you can, you can verify or uh, check on a veteran's uh, claim there firsthand on your computer. You can pull we can. Uh, oh, good. Yeah, it's, they've actually streamlined it quite a bit where we can do everything on the computer and do everything online and um, submit all the records, submit um, any of the claims or anything um, to the VA that we need to online, which makes it so much easier for a lot of people, and it makes it easier for us. Yeah. Because then we can do it at any time of the day, basically, um, which makes it nice. I know uh, uh, we have an agent that comes on here, uh, and well, a couple of them, and they both have that. Uh, where they can check on the veterans' claims folder any time. And any time they find something wrong, they can correct it on the spot. Mm-hmm. And regular veterans don't have that. So uh, it's really a good deal. Matter of fact, I think the BA has assigned them assistance, uh, someone to assist them whenever they call in. And uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's really helpful because you get to know them and they get to know you. And it makes getting, you know, the communication process, uh, it, it really helps with that. I don't know if you saw it or not, but 
recently I know the VA came out with an announcement saying that they're trying to team up with the different departments um, in the government, and they're trying to host different veterans clinics, but they're also trying to team up with different bar associations, the local bar associations, different legal providers like myself, uh-huh. and set up basically what I've been doing for, you know, over a year now, um, and have kind of the free legal clinic where the veterans can come in and they can, you know, submit their paperwork. Um, like I said, depending on where they're at in the process of their claim, I mean, they may have never filed a claim before, or they may be wanting an adjustment or an appeal, or they may be looking at, um, you know, maybe a spouse is coming in to look at uh-huh. getting the dependency um, compensation. You know, so that's something that I'm glad they're finally recognizing the need for it, but then you have to have attorneys and other legal providers stepping up to the plate that are agreeable to actually assisting, and like you said, they need to be knowledgeable. That's true, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of attorneys out there, but they're not really up to date on VA law, and it it takes uh, quite a bit of time to get you know, uh, kind of OJT on the job training. Uh, <laughs> actually, I mean, they have their book work, I guess, but it it's a long ways from uh, experience. Uh, <laughs> Definitely a huge difference. <laughs> oh, yes. I'd like to see them get a program like that going, uh, uh, especially in the poll bono side of it uh, because a lot of veterans uh, may not have much of a retro and so many attorneys won't even you know say no I don't want to pull with it uh, because there's not a lot of retro Uh, they cherry pick them and we we found that that uh, be true a lot of cases and unless you have a large retro check uh, uh, possibly coming that they can get their hands on they they don't want to pull with you right and I know that most of the ones that I've spoken with will only do it like you said if there is a, a larger retro check or you know, the possibility of, of a larger retro check, but they do it for a 20% fee. So, yes. you know, 20% of what what you'd be receiving. And like I said, I just, I don't feel right about it for me personally. Now, I understand, you know, there's a lot of attorneys that this is probably what they do as their business. Uh-huh. But I feel very strongly about giving back and, you know, veterans our our most important area, I believe, to give back to because they've given so much to us. So for me, I do it for free, 100% for free. Well, that's wonderful. I'll tell you what, you don't know how how happy that makes me feel because I've, I've met so many different attorneys out here. 
And uh, BSOs, I sort of have a hard feeling against those, a lot of them. Not that there isn't some really good ones, but uh, anytime the BA furnishes you an office and a phone and sometimes a vehicle, uh, (laughs) I think they can't help but feel a certain obligation towards the VA. (laughs) And uh, I'd like to see all that stop, but I don't think it ever will. Uh, because there are some good BSOs. I met, I've talked to them, met them, know, know people they've worked with and helped. But there's not a lot of them. Right. And I'm, I'm thinking that they're getting in closer and closer in the right direction, which is good. Well, that is but, good. I'm not sure if I, if you remember last time we talked, I told you my husband, he's a veteran, um, and yes. he just filed his, his claim, so, and of course I can't do it for him, but he, uh, he's been navigating it by himself, and I'm really proud of him doing it all on his own, but he just kind of started the process, so we'll see how that goes. Is he a Vietnam, uh, uh, Veteran or veteran uh, bet, or Vietnam Air? No, he actually was deployed to Iraq in the initial push in 2003 oh, okay. and 2005. He was in the 101st Airborne Division, and so he saw quite a bit of combat. Oh, so he is a combat veteran then. He, he is. Uh. uh yeah, uh, he shouldn't have much trouble. I mean, it depends, you know. Eh? It depends on what he's filing for. But uh, well, I know most of the basic ones that people file for: the lumbar back, the knees, the hearing loss, and PTSD. I mean, definitely all of those. Yeah. When they drop them out of helicopters or planes with their hundred some odd pound pack, I mean, I think he ended up losing about an inch of his height. I don't doubt it. Uh, you know, we've had uh, several uh, uh, airborne veterans come on here on the radio here and, and talk, and most of them blew their knees out of their ankles or. Uh, certainly all of them had back issues, and whenever you're carrying that kind of weight, whether you jump out of plane or not, it's enough to tear up your back. Jump well, out of plane, I don't know how in the world they're doing it. And I'm sure most of them already have arthritis in their backs and probably in most of their joints and everything. Yeah, their feet and their ankles, their knees. A lot of them, their hips. So, and something that I hope that more veterans will go ahead and file the claims and and use the services through the VA is to help prevent suicide. Because I know he's had a couple of the guys that he was with that have committed suicide, and he just recently had one. 
that he's going for the funeral this weekend for. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah. Too much of that. Way too much of that. And I think it's because they don't properly screen them when they uh, prep them for discharge. Uh, Used to, when I was in, they didn't prep you for discharge. They just, you know, uh, hand you water papers and say, here you go, (laughs) you know. (laughs) have fun because that's it Uh, but now I understand they have classes and everything else so the main thing is get a claim filed as soon as possible as soon as you know you may have some issues get a claim filed I agree don't wait around And they could do a whole lot better in their screening when they discharge them. Well, I think, too, I found that a lot of the veterans, when they get back from combat specifically, they have a hard time finding where they fit in the occupational world. And I know specifically with my husband and a couple of other people that I knew, and a guy that was in the Marines um, and another Army guy, they couldn't find jobs anywhere because most people wanted to know what they've been doing. And of course, when they tell them, most people were not happy about it, but it didn't really fit into, you know, qualifications for a sales job somewhere. Yeah. The fact that they were toting around a gun overseas. So I know a lot of them have had a really difficult time kind of acclimating back into the occupational world. And I think that is something that probably needs to be looked at at some point, too. You know, sit down with some veterans, and I'd like to do this. This is something that I am looking at doing soon, is to sit down and actually help with resumes um, and help with kind of some job stuff. And I, I know that there are people out there that do it, but it's just something that I feel is something that's really needed more. Oh, absolutely it's needed more. Uh, uh, you could probably have a veteran seminar. Uh, uh, VFW used to have one here in Joplin. Uh, I don't know if I've had one. I think I had one this year sometime. But uh, uh, it's a good thing to have. Especially if they'll contact all the employee employers around here, because when you come back from the war zone, there's kind of a stigma that gets stuck on you, I think. And I uh, say, "Is this guy got PTSD? Is he going to black out on me anytime?" Or, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> who knows right. what they're thinking? <laughs> but. Uh, there's much talk now about PTSD. It just drives a person crazy. Right. And so I don't make it easy to find a job, especially if you just come, uh, you're a combat veteran come back. Yeah, most of them fall into law enforcement or security jobs 
um, which is not a bad thing because I know my husband was in that for quite a while. Um, uh-huh. And then he found a position at Leggett and Platt, and they actually pride themselves in hiring veterans. So um, he's actually got a few other veterans hired there out there as well. Oh, is he? My son-in-law's uh, one of the managers out there, and the uh, trucking where they do the sign the trucking, mm-hmm. the loads out and in and all that schedules them all over the country, I guess. But yeah, Legan and Blatt, I'm very familiar with them, and. Uh, Cardinal Scales used to be pretty good about hiring veterans. They're in Web City. I guess they're still in Web City. They are. I don't know if you guys saw it or not, but um, that there was the 2.8% cost of living increase that's going to yes. take effect starting in December. Uh-huh. Okay, good. Yeah, Um. I'm sure glad to see that. Uh, I'd like to see more. (laughs) 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 Who wouldn't wouldn't, uh, want to come to get a little extra money? Right. (laughs) But it's... I'm not sure why they don't make it automatic every year, because they do that for, you know, other parts of the government, but why they don't make the cost of living increase, you know, for the disability benefits and the other things. Why don't they they don't just make that automatic, I'm not sure. Uh, you know, it seemed like they would because most of your veterans are underrated and, you know, by underrating them, they, uh, they get underpaid, so... Uh, they could certainly use an increase. Uh, now, when you get up to a hundred percent, what is three thousand three hundred or something like that? Uh, that's a little bit better. But uh, I mean, you go to the grocery store; it seems like groceries are going up every day. <laughs> definitely getting quite expensive to live. <laughs> well, it is. <laughs> I mean, the wages haven't jumped up uh, much, but uh, grocery shares seem to go up, and the packages well, well, you buy get smaller. <laughs> right. Did you see Missouri just increase the cost um, minimum wage? I did see that. And, so that'll uh, take That'll help somehow. Right. Uh, supposedly, we'll see how that works out. And uh, now, if they lay a bunch of people off and then just raise someone's wages a little bit and uh, want them to work double hours, uh, you know, or do twice the production they usually do, I don't know if they'll pay off. But well, I'm sure it will end up affecting small businesses at some point. Yeah, they're they're limited what they can do 
some of them just holding on. Now they're forced into making a pay raise uh, when it's really not in their budget. Uh, I believe it should be a bearable thing. Some companies can afford it because they're making a profit, but there's other country, companies that it's just not there. Right. And uh, unfortunately, they're going to fall by the wayside, and they're going to lose. People's going to lose their work, jobs, unless they get out and hustle up another job real quick. It's supposed to be a lot of jobs right now. Uh, John, you got any questions for Elizabeth? I think he went straight. No, 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 I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) I got my alarm set, (laughs) Gerald. He wasn't said to wake up uh, the problem. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, how's your husband doing as far as as far as his, his health is definitely got a service? Well, he's um he's had a ton of problems with his back and his knees. And then um he was in a sulfur fire for about three days over there. Oh no. That, uh, Right, and it affects his lungs and his coughing and everything, and I'm afraid of how it's going to affect him further down the road, too. Has he and had then, a high-resolution oh. CAT scan? No, lungs he hasn't. Ones. Right. He needs an HRCT. Well, they're, he, they're sending him down to Fayetteville oh. to oh. get some tests run. <laughs> uh, I'd request my SCOGI. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I go from Muskogee. But I usually go over here to Freeman Hospital. Uh, Is he 65 yet where he can get his Social Security? No, no. He's he's actually 37, 36, 37. He's a young man. He's a young guy. (laughs) Oh, my. Uh, But... We all three have something in common, your husband and girl. We all three have been exposed to issues, and our lungs are shot. Now, have I you had trouble? Yeah, I got 20% of mine. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm got. And uh, <laughs> him being as young as he is, uh, he's going to have a rough way to go. And the BA don't want to pay on on exposure issues. That's a tough one. Is he on the burn pit registry? Uh, He is not. He has not wanted to participate with anything VA-related for many years. And so until recently when I got involved and I pushed him to kind of get into all of this um, Mm -hmm. is when he got started. But won't you go ahead and tell him to go to the Hadit website and sign up for it and make up a username and sign on to it and start doing some research? Because there's a lot of people on there, Scott, that are walking his footsteps. 
and he can see basically too, you know, how they process their issues and how they did. I mean, it's, you know, it's a, it's probably one of the best websites for veterans in the country. And uh, right, it's uh, I've been I've been part of had it for over twenty years. And uh, so, but I think the team up has a good education that way and be able, you know, to help you too as far as you know the issues right. Of course, you can do, you know, you can advise all the legal aspects and things like that. And, um, but as far as, uh, you know, just, just well, basically, he needs to know exactly what's wrong with him, you know, and that's what he needs. Right. I'll have him do that for sure. Yeah, so, I mean, that would be the, my best advice for him. I mean, it's, you know, lung problems is not easy because when he gets older in his 50, he's going to have major issues. And he's got back problems now. Yeah, he does. Are they Has structural or a... neurological? I'm sorry? Are they structural or neurological? Um, Structural, mainly. But okay. I'm afraid further well, down the road he's going to have a lot more issues. Yeah, well, you know the VA rates are two different issues. You've got your arthritis and traumatic arthritis in your back. You know, I guess he mentioned the jump and stuff. He's probably got issues like that, but... Don't let him put him in the in the uh, invertible disc syndrome rating because that uh, that actually hurts a lot of veterans because they won't give them the higher rating because they don't get so much bed rest. And they try to always try to slide those claims over in that area, so try to steer him away from it. You know, don't let him don't let him do it to. Him. Okay. That's from experience. <laughs> right. That and see that would be wonderful for him to get on there and be able to talk to other guys. Um, that have kind of been through this. Yeah, uh, we have. Has several. he had a had a pulmonary function test? He hasn't done anything, and that's why I've been pushing him to do all this. Oh man, does uh, what about? Does he have any insurance other than the VA? He does. He does oh. have other insurance. Well, while he has that insurance, he needs to. I Me, mean, I don't use the VA for, for much at all. Uh, well, I use them to bad mouth, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I, uh, I have, uh, of course, I'm getting Social Security now, and I have a gap insurance, and I go over here at Freeman's, uh, but. Uh, I have a a lung doctor here in town, Doctor Zeta, and uh, he he does a pulmonary function test, uh, and uh, it might pay him to go over and see him. Uh, the right. trouble with using the VA. They're notorious for misdiagnosing, and they may see something and not tell him. Uh, we've lost a couple of friends that went to Fayetteville. That's why I don't go to Fayetteville, uh, because of misdiagnosis. One guy was misdiagnosed with lung cancer. Oh, No. Yeah, he they didn't diagnose him and uh, we finally talked him going outside the VA and by the time they got him diagnosed he was stage four. 
That is awful. Yeah. Yeah. Remember Horrible that big story deal. about the pathologist down there that uh, kept hiding results and stuff and wouldn't you know and, and yeah. got in trouble. Uh, down in Little yep. Rock, he he was part of that mess. He's part of that mess. Yeah. That's just wrong. Well, we know a couple of that way, but uh, he could go to a pulmonary specialist here and down to pulmonary function test uh, that'd be his easiest and uh, because if you get right on top of this lung issue right now he may be able to stay off oxygen if they can treat him uh, but it's something you have to nip in the bud really really fast Absolutely. And he's young enough, he may have a chance. So by the time I found out about mine, I uh, I was stage four COPD. And there's nothing they can do. Wow. Something else you know, considering your husband. Your husband's in his thirties, and uh, he's he's working. Have you ever thought about the possibility? You know, you know, these issues are going to catch up with him when he gets probably his forties or his fifties. And have you ever thought about the possibility maybe of going ahead and getting a long-term disability policy, insurance-wise, as of now, and keep that to effect, and maybe later on down the road when uh, you know when, when he catch up with them, he'll be able to have an income until he gets his stuff straightened out. Yes, absolutely. That's a that's a great idea, and that's definitely something that mm-hmm. everybody should do at our age. Yep. Really, um, is come up with that long term disability yep. insurance because yep. that stuff will be wonderful someday. Unfortunately, yeah, that's actually it does work. I had it, and I'm glad I did. It kept me out. It kept me out of bankruptcy. I guarantee you that. So it worked for you. Then. When did you have to use that? Uh, I was 41 when I had to use it. I had I was a manager for a Japanese company, and uh, my disability hit me at one time. And uh, pulmonary doctor said, you're, not, you're done. He said, no more work for you. So they kicked it in, and about a year later, the VA straightened up, and it all came together, and I got lucky, I guess. But. Did they recognize, did the VA recognize the burn pit? No, I would have burned it. I, was, uh, uh, I had a ceasefire injury back in the 80s. When I was 18 years old, and uh, uh, I started having funny things happen. After I tried to set in, my lungs went paralyzed and all kind of different stuff. So. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, but if he knows he's, he has lung issues, he needs to address that. Uh, real quick, uh, and the BA will downplay it, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, they're just now even recognizing the cause of, you know, lung injuries and stuff and linking it to different burn pits, and I don't think they've even gotten to 
the sulfur fire that he was in necessarily. Um, you know, so I'm sure it's going to be a fight, and there's a lot of people affected by it um, because I know, you know, there were a lot of people there. So uh, he's not the only one in that boat, unfortunately. You know, being an attorney, you guys, you know, a lot of, a lot of attorneys, a lot of veterans agents, claims agents, they have uh, IMO specialist docs, you know, that they send their patients to to kind of, mm-hmm. you know, look at the record and kind of confirm the VA diagnosis and stuff. That's something you might want to consider, too, is finding one that you can work with, you know, for your clients as well as your husband, too. You know, because it's going to take something like that, especially over lung issues, exposure issues, because the VA itself will file an exposure issue like I've never seen. The way they've been doing journals has been ridiculous. Right. Yeah, but see, I was in that Project 112 Chad, and that's where we were exposed to mustard gas, VX, VX modified, sarin. Radiation and herbicides, and uh, they admit it, <laughs> but they wow. say we do, we can't say that's what happened to you. <laughs> 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 you know? And I'll be mad. Uh, I don't know how many doctor statements. <laughs> yeah, the girl that said uh, your finger was exposed. That was it. But my ear, my ear, they did give me 60% of my, my ear, right. one ear. Your ear. <laughs> you guys, I said, are you guys serious? <laughs> what was the rest of me? I said, what happened if that ear falls off? <laughs> there you go, my service connection. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Well, I know I have a doctor in Neosho and um that is a is a great doctor for that. Um and that's who oh, I recommend my people go that to. That's good. Yeah. Is he fair on price? Yeah, oh he's he's great. And um I actually at some point was planning on speaking to him if he would kind of do some pro bono work as well on some of this. And I think he, I think he would. Oh, good deal. As long as he's fair with price, you know. Some of them are pretty high dollar. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, yeah, you need that that guy on your staff. That's for sure. Well, you know, and you were talking about using, you know, your secondary health insurance or your health insurance, and not using the VA stuff. They have a court case pending right now. I don't know if you guys know about this or not, but um, there's a case pending where the VA was ordered a while back to start reimbursing the veterans for emergency care costs that their health insurance plans didn't cover that they had to pay out of pocket. Yeah. And the VA hasn't been doing that because they kind of rewrote a revised rule that kind of they thought was going to give them an out. And so there is a lawsuit currently that are they're suing because the claims for the non-VA emergency care costs were all denied. Uh-huh. And I think, from what I understand, 
I, I think the court is actually going to side with the veterans and say, hey, VA, we told you years ago that you needed to do this, and just because you rewrote part of your policy doesn't mean that you're, you're out of paying for this stuff. And so I think what they're going to do is they're going to order them to reimburse all the veterans for their coinsurance and deductible payments um, uh, for medical treatment. That's a class action suit, isn't it? It is. And that was Morrison Foster. Yeah. Morrison Foster. That's probably the most enforced right San Francisco. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> probably. I liked our actor in Mofo. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, every time I go over to Freeman's, they call the VA and the VA wants them to send me down there, but I refuse to go to Fayetteville. Right, right. And uh, so, but I've never had a copay. Uh, my gap insurance, I use USAA, and uh, it's been terrific. And I've been in the hospital a lot. So, uh I think five times this year. Oh, wow. Had 16 units of blood. <laughs> My blood count's way down now, but I've never had to pay nothing. So my gap insurance paying for it, even though it's kind of high dollar, it's worth it. Yeah, but I wonder if you wouldn't be able to get reimbursed for paying for that gap insurance. Uh, because you know you that thought be... has crossed my mind. I don't know that I can because I have the option of going to the VA hospital. Well, but how many of those stays and times that you went were emergency stays where you didn't have the time to go down to, oh, you know, the VA hospital? Oh, I mean, I'd have to take. I live two blocks from the hospital, and I'd have to take an ambulance over. So. Yeah, they were all emergencies. Yeah, I mean, so I'm wondering if you couldn't get that. I don't know. I'll have to check into that. Now, if I was doing a means test or something, they would deduct that. I know. Off my meager income. Right. Uh, Cause that's like a hundred and fifty or sixty a month now. So, but if one trip to the hospital and you can burn up a lot of money. Yeah, it's expensive, and I hope you know you never have to take the air ambulance. Because uh, if you do that, then it's extremely expensive. Well, I'm close enough, but. By the time they get it, a helicopter barred up there. Even though it goes over my house every day, I could just <laughs> throw me a chair down. I could climb in it. But uh, now, if you're on Social Security, I recommend everyone build get that gap insurance, and then. That's good wherever you go, if you're traveling or what have you. Going to the VA hospital is a big hassle. 
And you get that through USAA? Yes. They seem to be pretty fair. They, They're good. Like I say, it might be a little high, but you're getting your money's worth. Uh, I don't know how high these hospital stays are, but when they're giving you blood, and you have to be on their ventilators all the time. Cause it I ain't cheap, ventilator. <laughs> I have a ventilator at home, and I have... At night, I use it constantly. But, uh, the ventilators in there, they're high dollar. Well, they also, I don't know if you knew this or not, they raise the asset limit um, on the non-service-based disability you can have it was eighty thousand. They raised it to one hundred twenty-three thousand six hundred dollars. What? And that's, yep, is that a debt housing? No. I'm sorry. That's uh, oh, that's income verification things like that when they did the means test on your. Uh, on, I think it's for like uh, parents getting the compensation, and pension, and things like that. Right. Yeah, for the income-based yeah. stuff. And so what they're doing is they're making it where, um, and it's exclusive of a home, if you get a home that's situated on a lot of two acres or less. Um, so if it's above that, then it's going to fall into the 123600 And it helps kind of offset some of that for the income-based, which is good. Yeah, but what, what about that three-year look-back they're looking at? They're going to get a lot of people in trouble over that? Yeah, I don't know. The good news is they're going to gradually phase it in. So they're going to start looking back to, like, one year, and then after that they're going to change it to two, and then they'll get to the three. But, yeah, it's kind of like how the state does with assets and stuff for um, people that go into nursing homes or, you know, anybody that's filing for bankruptcy where they do the look back. So, I mean, they might, but at least they're giving us a little bit of notice. Mm-hmm. So for the first year, it'll just be a one-year look back, and then the next year it'll be two, and then the next year it'll be three. Mm. Now that's on the pension? Yes, that's on yes. the disability pension. Yes. I think that's uh, the only pay, what, 800 a month? Are you guys there? Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I couldn't hear you. <laughs> Does that pay uh, 800 a month? About that, yeah. Okay, I thought so. Yeah, I was reading it today. Oh, but... I saw an article on that. Mm-hmm. But, it, yeah, it's income-based, so then it, if you don't qualify, obviously... Uh, that causes an issue, but they've raised it as much as they have. Um, and I think they'll make some more changes. I bet after the first year, um, they probably will end up making some changes. Have you seen what Medicare is doing, Elizabeth? Um, are you talking about where they were cutting cutting veterans off on the um, pain meds? That one, and uh, they started a thing last year about... Uh, 
if a veteran's involved in a car wreck and uh, <clears throat> auto accident, anybody really, that's on Medicare and uh, they go through the whole thing and Medicare is supposed to, they're supposed to pay Medicare back so if you get yourself out of the wreck, you got to pay it all back to Medicare. Have you seen that? Yes. Actually, I've experienced it. I have a client that um, his truck and his camper were actually hit by two semis, basically sandwiched between two semis. And um, insurance paid for some of it, Medicare paid for some of it, and then Medicare turned around and was trying to get reimbursement, um, you know, for basically everything that insurance had paid and um, that Medicare had paid. And we had to fight that quite a bit. So it was not enjoyable at all, I can tell you that. Was it successful? Um, well, we basically got where any of the co-payments, uh-huh. that, that part we got reimbursed. Um, and then just we were successful in him not having to pay everything. So, and the problem is when they, yeah, because if they don't put a lien or they don't give you notice that they're coming in and they're and they're taking that and then they do it later, it's harder for them to recover that money. So most of the time you can, I'm not going to say negotiate, but there's some wiggle room there uh, because they don't have a lot of, you know, um, ground to stand on. Because generally in that type of situation, they have to kind of put a notice, what we call a lien, um, out there saying that they want reimbursed for that. I mean, that's kind of the same thing attorneys do. They have to do attorney lien saying, you know, that this person owes me money because I fronted some money or um, whatever the case may be. And if they haven't done that, then you're not put on notice. And if they're awarded however much in money, you know, it's hard for them to collect at that point. So then you have a little bit better stance at arguing with them over what really should be reimbursed and what shouldn't. But, yeah, I think you're going to start seeing that probably in every facet of the government. Yeah. And they got seven years to come after you. Right. Right. Yeah, and that's that's scary. because, And I've seen people, too, um, that have gone into a nursing home. And I've had cases where somebody went into a nursing home and then they passed away and the family comes in and sells the house or the house goes into foreclosure or whatever happens and then the state or whomever comes in and tries to get reimbursement for, um, you know, the the cost of the nursing home and the medical treatment. And most of the time, you know, when you tell them there's no money there, they kind of tend to go away. But if they really believe that there are assets, there are money, then you have to fight it in court. And that's not anything anybody wants to do after they've lost a loved one and they're dealing with their estate. But I know they go back about five years. Well, that could could mean a lot of money. Yeah, and five five years is a long time. Because if if you're not planning to get put in a nursing home and and pass away, then you know you don't think about those transfers that you made. Maybe you know you went ahead and deeded your house to somebody or did this or did that. 
And then after you're gone, the state comes in and says, okay, I'll take that house back now. And, um, you know, they try to come in and take whatever assets those were because they feel like it was a fraudulent transfer. But if you have your house in a trust? Well, if you have your house in a trust, generally that's not um, where they can touch it. Okay. And we do a lot of uh, beneficiary deeds for people so that um, immediately upon death, that deed transfers to the person um, that we did the beneficiary deed to. And so that's not necessarily something um, that can be taken by creditors either. Now, if you've done that before your house was paid, can you do that with a deed before your home was paid for? You can, um, because they can still have the deed to the home, have uh-huh. their name on the deed to the home after somebody passes away. And if there's still a note or a mortgage or even a secondary mortgage um, on it, then they would have to assume the note on that. So, you know, you can, because you could do a beneficiary deed, and, like, I could do it, I could give one to my daughter. Well, I can't because she's under the age of 18, but I could give it to my parents, and then if I pass away, it goes straight to them. But if there's still a mortgage on my home, then they're going to have to assume the loan, or at that point it may go into foreclosure if nobody's paying on it. And then their name is on the deed, so they're the ones that are going to have to end up, you know, fighting them. Oh, so I, see. I understand. Yeah. Yeah, somebody actually owns the home. It is a lot easier. Okay. Well, that's good to know, uh, uh, especially uh, like on my house. I got a low interest loan, like uh, what three point two five or something like that interest, and. Uh, rather than pay it off, if I had a chance, I'd just keep making payments. That's pretty low interest. <laughs> right. Uh, now, if whoever we left it to, now if they decide to keep paying that, they'd, they couldn't change the interest rate on them, could they? No, because they'd either have to refinance um, or they'd just have to assume the loan. If they allow them for it to, to change, right, and they may not allow them to assume the loan. Well, probably I mean, the, not I mean, the, on the low interest. Right, right. Theoretically, you know, I guess somebody could keep paying the payment, uh, and if they didn't know that you passed, then they just wouldn't know. But um, obviously, you'd have to deal with that further down the road. I think so. Yeah. Um, <laughs> What about a VA loan? Now, mine is a VA loan. Does that matter? Well, you know, I don't know as much about that part of it, and I'm I'm curious about that now that you asked. If you could, I don't think you could assume that loan. If it, you're not, said it if was you're not, when we took it out, it was a assumable well, loan. Well, I however, if, not, if you, to a qualified person. <laughs> Right, and that's that's what I was meaning. If if you're not qualified, then you better call up I, some money. I, 
Right. right. I, I would assume they wouldn't let you assume that loan. You'd probably have to refinance and get a different type of loan or something. Maybe. Yeah. So. Yeah. Let me switch subject here real quick. How, how does uh, veterans VA benefits or Social Security, how does that work in bankruptcy? How does that income counted? Now, and bankruptcy is not my um, specialty, I guess I should say, but um, my understanding is it is not counted as income. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the pension, I believe, can be counted as income, but I'm not 100% sure. So that's something that I'll need to look into, and maybe next time, mm-hmm. or, or I can send you the info on it, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Because I'm not 100% sure on that. Because I know with divorces mm. and alimony and, and stuff, they count um, the veterans' benefits a little bit differently as well. Um, so I'd have to look at the bankruptcy side of that. We had a discussion on oh. other boards about child support and the VA <laughs> benefits. And we got to the issue of Rose versus Rose. And I guess the guy's going to start paying his child support. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I've seen different judges uh interpret all of that very differently. <laughs> Even in the same county. I've seen them interpret it differently. Ah. That's right. Had a lot of heated shows. You had a lot of heated shows. Yes it has. I bet. Yeah, you know, child support is kind of a uh, you're gonna pay it. <laughs> right. I think alimony may not uh, not so much, but uh, child support I don't think there's any wiggle room there in no, most really cases. Not. Yeah, there's not a lot of wiggle room there. So I mean, and yeah, especially on those lump sum payments um, that some of these guys are getting. And then I've seen a lot of people end up getting a pretty good portion of those. Yeah. To pay off what they owe. Yeah, well, that could add up quickly. Right. Yeah, we've had a lot of shows on that in the past. Uh and actually, my um, family law attorney that is VA certified now, she deals with a lot of the child support stuff and everything. She might be a good one to talk on here sometime if you guys want to talk specifically about um, oh, some nice. of the... Oh, that because we yeah, have cause a, lot she, of, she, a lot of members there at Added and other people listen to across the world uh, to us, so... Oh, we're down under a minute. Uh, Elizabeth, you want to give us out your contact information? Oh, sure. Probably the easiest way to find us is online. It's elizabethturnerlaw.net. Or you can call my Joplin office at 417-691-8252 or 417-627-5039. Okay. And uh, which we may have that on the habit there website too, but uh, yeah, we'd be glad to talk to her, Elizabeth. And 
if she'd like come on sometime and discuss it. Oh, I'm and, sure she would uh, love to. That'd be great. And, uh, well, that's it. We're off. <laughs> the clock <laughs> eats up. Well, okay. it was nice talking with you guys again. Well, thanks for calling in, Elizabeth. Uh, you kind of enlightened us on a few things here. Uh, that's good. Uh, <laughs> well, I will look oh, at this stuff on the bankruptcy um, and maybe send it in to you guys or something. Yeah, you should have my email. I've sent you a couple emails, so I do. Uh, so I can I can send it there. Yeah, nine. It, and uh, my lands, we'd like to get you on sooner than we did last time. <laughs> well, between my <laughs> schedule and probably all the people that you guys need to have on, you know, I'm sure it's not the easiest. But I'm happy to come on anytime. And if you have something specific you want me to address, just let me know ahead of time, too. Okay. And uh, if your husband needs any help on that, uh, don't hesitate. Give us a call. Okay. Uh, we'd be sure, you know, we'd be only too happy to kind of help steering around. But getting a pulmonary function test right now would be very important. Yeah, I agree, and I agree the CT scan would be really good for him, too. Yeah. Uh, and uh, because this exposure, exposure stuff is, that's a hard battle to win with the VA. Absolutely. Even when you that's got the they're... evidence. <laughs> right, so, right. Okay. Thanks for coming right, on, Elizabeth, and we'll talk to you again. All right. Talk to you guys later. Okay. Thank Bye. you. Bye. And another good show. Put that in the books. <laughs> it kind of took on a life of its own, but it started going, didn't it? <laughs> Yeah, good. It's a good show. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess we just shut her down. I don't think there's no recording left to put the closing arguments on there, Mister. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to thank all you assholes for calling in. <laughs> Had a bunch of them. <laughs> all right. I'll shut her down. Man. I'll talk to you later. It'd still be my <laughs> Oh. <laughs> I'll see you, buddy. Be careful. You've been listening to the Hadit.com Blog Talk Radio Show, sponsored by Hadit.com. All opinions expressed here are the opinions of the individuals appearing on the show and are not the opinions of Hadit.com or Blog Talk Radio. Tune in next time for another edition of Hadit.com Blog Talk Radio and the Ask Bachelor Show. <laughs>